Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a note before we get started. We recorded our interviews at both museums mentioned in this episode, so there's some background noise in some of our audio. When you think of a museum, what do you picture? If it's a museum in Arlington, you're probably imagining a historic home converted into a museum. These buildings are, themselves, a part of the historic story of our community. They also house historic collections. How are these buildings being preserved to ensure their longevity? And how are physical collections being preserved for future generations? I'm Abby Matheson, and this is the Arlington Advocates podcast, A-Town. Um, we funded a $30,000 condition assessment by a professional uh, preservation architect who actually lives here in town. Yeah. Um, and this is the result of his study. Okay. And what it is, is a, is a comprehensive 10-year plan for how not, not only to restore the Jason Russell House, because it did have some condition problems, but also how to maintain it. That's George Parsons, a trustee at the Arlington Historical Society. The Historical Society owns and is in charge of preserving the Jason Russell House. If you want to learn more about the historical importance of the Jason Russell House, listen to episode 10 if you haven't already. Our president, um, Stuart Porson, had a goal when we set out to do this Mm -hmm. to find out what would it take to um, preserve the Jason Russell House for the next 10 years, the next 25 years, Mm -hmm. the next 100 years. And basically this plan lays out a very detailed 10-year plan of restoration and maintenance. So we're hoping that the work we're doing now will actually take the Jason Russell House into the 22nd century. My personal goal is I have a seven-year-old granddaughter and I want her to be able to bring her grandchildren here. And that the town is ultimately responsible for maintaining and preserving the building. Um, And we had an architect um, come and um, assess the condition of the exterior and the interior of the building. And we have a series of recommendations. It's called an architectural conservation assessment. Um, And then we also had, at that time, a, a collections person assess the condition of the collection and how we care for the collection and what we can do to improve how we care for the collection. So we have, we have two plans. We have a plan for the building and we have a plan conservation assessment for the collections too. That's Heather Lievel, curator at the Cyrus Dolan Art Museum. The museum houses a selection of works by the sculptor Cyrus Dolan, who lived in Arlington Heights from 1900 until his death in 1944. Heather talked about the assessment that we did. That was actually in 2014 that that was conducted, yeah. um, and it was by Wendy Frontiero, which um, might ring a bell because she's the person who's now doing the survey master plan, which is the phase two of the historic preservation work that we started last year using Community Preservation Act funds and 
Mass Historical Commission funds. So the first part of that process was like this big inventory of a lot of records and then also adding to the inventory. And now we're working on a a broader community-wide survey. So she's doing that work. And that's Jenny Raitt, Arlington's Director of Planning and Community Development. Raitt spoke to some of the preservation work being done to the Jefferson Cutter House, which houses the Cyrus Dolan Museum and is owned by the town. Just a note, from here on out, you'll hear Community Preservation Act funds referred to as CPA. But she also has done a lot of work on individual structures and, you know, has this architectural history and, mm-hmm. um, you know, very interesting background in terms of understanding buildings and, and their, you know, sort of exploring how to preserve them and maintain them and all of that. So she prepared a plan that did both an architectural analysis of the of the property, but then also provided these recommendations in with some level of prioritization, like in terms of low, medium, high, I think was like mm-hmm. the level of prioritization. How are you preserving the physical building of the museum? So um, the original CPA grant was for $35,000. We got a matching state grant for twenty five. Fifteen thousand of that went to pay for half of uh, this report. Um, the other 20000 we matched with a state grant and 5000 of our own funds. And what we did was we repaired the sill, the north side of the house, because the house is actually bulging and we were afraid it was in danger of collapsing. So um, in the winter of last year, they actually took out the old sill, they put in a new sill, They sprayed everything with boric acid to keep the bugs from eating the new piece of wood. Um, We also replaced the gutter on the front of the house that had fallen off. There is a new leach field in there to get water away from the house. And um, the foundation under that north sill was also uh, the mortar that was holding the stones together had eroded away. And um, you, you could stick a measuring stick in there about 10 inches in some places. We took that report and basically decided to apply for the Mass Historic, um, no, it's not, it's, it's MHC, but it's Mass Preservation Project Fund mm-hmm. money. That's the same money that the Historical Society has been using. That's a matching grant. So we used uh, community development block grant money as well as some town funds um, in order to support the project, which, like according to the report, had the highest priority, which was really at that point dealing with the siding um, and also dealing with the roof mm-hmm. um, and dealing with some level of waterproofing around the building. The biggest issue, I think, for the property is actually water, mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. most of the town properties. Um, you know, keeping water away and making sure that it stays away is is everybody's, every property owner's issue, um, but particularly in a building that needs maintenance Um, has a a large number of people from the public who come into the building and use it, either going to the museum or using the gallery, which is used as both, you know, a gallery for um, displaying artwork um, from various people in the community and beyond, but also is used as a meeting room. What about the collection itself? The other uh, treasure that we have here is um, down in the archives. There's something like 16,000 different Arlington-related artifacts. Um, One of the things that we're doing to preserve those is that they're going online. Okay, so there's a a software called PassPerfect, and every working to put every piece in the collection into that online archive Mm -hmm. and to make it available online. We do have some aging infrastructure uh, issues. The Smith Museum was built in the early 80s. So for example, the air conditioning system 
which isn't just for our comfort, but also to preserve the artifacts downstairs. We have been told that to replace that air conditioning system, about $11,000. For the collection, so what we primarily what we do and what a curator does is they are responsible for the care and the preservation <clears throat> and the documentation of the collection. So the most important thing is to have everything cataloged. So as soon as when we get um, a donated piece or acquire a piece, we uh, assign it a unique number and we um, photograph it, we look at it very closely and make notes about the condition, and so we have a catalog worksheet that we write all this information down in. Um, but we had um, a recent grant from a family member to digitize the archives, mm. and we've done that. Most of the archives have been digitized, and so that also is a backup of that is kept off site as well. Um, so in case, you know, God forbid we lose the archives, at least we still have the images of, of the materials. And then what we do is we monitor the collection and because we're on Mass Ave and we get a lot of vibrations from the trucks going by. And, you know, these are over 100-year plasters, a lot of them. And they're really, really delicate. And so we need to <clears throat> monitor things just for cracks or... How, if cracks are getting larger or small, you know, not smaller, larger, or if there's some paint loss, like the the slow, there's this like a slow uh, wear to the sculptures on exhibit because of just the nature of where we are in our conservation report is that we need to look at that and see if there are better ways that we can mm. um, mount the sculptures on their pedestals so that they're padded or there's some way to absorb some of those vibrations. In our nonprofit budget, we budget for every year at least conserving at least one piece a year. So our budget is not large, so but we can take on that much. And we try to get grants, like the Arlington Cultural Council last year supported the restoration of two pieces in the collection. What's next on your preservation list? Now we're working on some of the interior issues. And then, as you know, Whittemore Park, which is sort of the which actually has a, a very important role in terms of the house um, and also has a role in terms of the fence, which is pretty eroded. A lot of the erosion and the deterioration of that fence is caused by water. The same thing is happening in certain areas of our foundation. Um, even though we did a certain amount of repairs as part of that exterior you know, rehab project, which was wonderful, but um, we couldn't do everything at that time, including things like some repairs to the brickwork in the back, um, which helps to make sure that we have a level surface. Um, so all of those things are things that we're now looking at um, for the next capital year, and then a lot of things in the interior. So that includes obviously repairing the ceiling, um, where unfortunately we had a leak from um, the HVAC system. Um, we have to replace the boiler in the property. That's actually going to happen in the next fiscal year. Um, Great. Yeah, it was it was installed in 1990. <laughs> so at some point after they remo- uh, you know moved the building here, basically they installed yeah. the uh, the boiler system, and it's pretty old. We have things like you know fixes to the bathroom. Um, related to the water issue is that in the basement where the gallery is located, there's a real dampness uh, problem. I guess the the thing that I think is really important is accessibility. Mm -hmm. If you participated in the Whittemore Park planning project, you know that accessibility came up a lot. But 
the house itself is actually not accessible. It's not. Um, it's wonderful to hear about ways to digitize um, and bring things online and make that um, the catalog and the inventory more accessible to lots of people. But I'm also interested in finding ways to make things more accessible within the house um, and then also from the park into the house so that people can actually, anybody with a mobility issue can actually get into the building. And we, we've, we've talked had about people that. in wheelchairs yeah. in the galleries before. It can be done. Yeah. It's not it's tricky. easy. We've got a good idea of what else needs to be done. There's gutter work in the back that needs to be done. We also know that there's a, a, a drain system over in the northwest corner of the house that's mm -hmm. not doing what it should be doing. And in April of this year, the town granted us $72,000. Mm -hmm. And we're going to use that to fix windows in the assembly room. We're going to continue our exploration of the foundation of the house mm -hmm. to make sure that we don't have insect damage in other parts of the foundations and, and sills as well. What would you do if disaster struck your museums? If the Jason Russell House or the Cyrus Dolan Museum burned down or were flattened by a tree? I mean, we'd have to rebuild. I can't imagine not having a, a place to uh, honor Cyrus Dolan, who it has so much importance not only to the town, but to the country and to the history of art in this country. About 90% of the sculptures we have are um, casts, so they're not Dallin, they weren't created in Dallin's studio. Mm -hmm. Only a couple. And the others were created by companies that he contracted with to reproduce his work. So there are Dallin's on the market. I mean, you, we could technically replace the collection. It would just cost a lot of money. And, yeah. But we're unsure. It's, it would, we would, I would say we would rebuild somehow. <laughs> and it would take a long time. But we could, um, we could cobble together the collection again. It depends on what we're talking about, like fire versus trees versus, you know, other the types of, of the damage. damage we're talking mm -hmm. about. But, I mean, it, the building is insured. <laughs> you know, the collection is insured. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, to whatever extent possible, we would, you know, do what we could to make the repairs to the building. If it was not something that could be repaired or there was more significant or serious damage, I mean, I think we'd probably look at reconstruction or some other... Mm -hmm you know, possibility, because I think having this, I guess, you know, I look at the building as a community cultural resource, and mm -hmm. so, you know, probably working together with the Dallin Museum and probably lots of other arts and culture groups mm -hmm. who really care about the resource, we would probably find a way to rebuild something um, or reconstruct something. If you really can't fully recreate a 1745 structure, but there are people who do post and beam construction, so... We might be able to, to get it back, uh, at least in some, some um, form or shape. We also spoke with Edward Gordon, site administrator and director of museum programs at the Old Schwamm Mill. Gordon told us that the mill has used CPA funds to help reshingle the mill's barn in 2016, and they are currently using another round of funds to repaint the main building, repair the mill building's windows, and conduct brick masonry work in the basement. Gordon told the advocate, quote, CPA is really town government stepping up to the plate and valuing its historic cultural resources. Our podcast is written, reported, edited, and produced by me, Abby Matheson. Our music is Modulation of the Spirit by Little Glass Men, and our logo was created with the help of graphic design wonderkin Sophia Berardinelli. 
We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of A-Town. Our podcast is made possible by listeners like you sending in your questions about Arlington. If you're curious about something in town, let us know by emailing us at arlington at wickedlocal.com. That's A-R-L-I-N-G-T-O-N at wickedlocal.com or by filling out the survey in the show notes. We're working on a special Halloween edition of A-Town and we need your help. Tell us about a ghostly encounter you've had in town. Email a voice memo to amatheson at wickedlocal.com. That's A-M-A-T-H-E-S-O-N at wickedlocal.com or by leaving us a voicemail at 781-315-6216. You can stay up to date with even more local news by visiting us online at arlington.wickedlocal.com or by following us on Twitter where we are the underscore advocate on Instagram where we are Wicked Local Arlington or on Facebook. We'll see you around town. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.